For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Wednesday, August 1st, 2018. It's uh, 8.59 a.m. in Eastern Time Zone in the United States. And, uh, Robert, we may have uh, uh, Ian Shapira. Uh, he's a reporter for the uh, Washington Post on with us today. I, he called me yesterday to get access to the uh, archives. I, did you ever get back with him? I did. I talked to him, yep. and he was very receptive and interested, so I doubt if he'll call in, but he's going to listen, isn't he? He may listen. He might be a a Star 67 guy, but uh, it's a 202 area code, I think. But, uh, yeah, he he reported on what we were doing before, and he was pretty fair, so I I really can't uh, not help him with his story that he's trying to do. And he said, it's all about uh, Jason Kessler and uh, Unite the Ride 2. So he should be listening today, and certainly he listened to yesterday's archive show. Yes, he did. And that's what having Jason Kessler on our show does. It gets us more coverage and more listeners, more participation. Exactly. And how do people get to the archives? Can you tell us how to do that again? Okay, just... You could go to the top of your browser and put in freeconferencecall.com slash wall slash SA radio and sometimes a hashtag. But SA radio at the end, then that's the wall, that's the page, like a profile. You scroll all the way to the bottom and it says meeting resources. And now there's so many meeting resources, you'll have to turn one page, or maybe two. Turn the page on the meeting resources, and you'll get to the latest day, and they're up there by the dates. And if you just click on Preview, and it opens another window that automatically plays, and if you don't want to hear it then, you stop the play, and then you download or you can dial up another number that's also displayed on the wall and listen to it from your mobile phone. Well, I'm kind of confused. You do this on your computer or you do this on your phone? Yeah, the first one you use a URL, which is a website address, freeconferencecall.com slash wall slash S-A radio. Okay. And if you're going to do it on your phone, how do you do it? You dial another number, another call-in number. um, What's that number? I can't remember it, but I can give it to you. Go on. Uh, you're looking for okay. it, I guess. It's it's six oh five four seven five four nine five three. And it will ask you for a number and if you just wait it will eventually just automatically play the latest show. Okay, if so you want a show from a couple of days ago, how do you do that? You're gonna have to enter the reference number. And I uh, don't have them up there by reference number, so I don't know how that would work. It would be better just to download it from a laptop or your browser. Yeah, I don't know how to scroll back to a previous day. All right, well, we can figure that out sometime in the future, I guess. Yeah. You can also listen live 
you don't have a phone to call in on that that wall, it's streaming live our phone call right now. I'm not sure I got and, that. Too. And uh, I can put up a certain show and stream it live in a replay. It's called broadcasting. And you can listen that way too. I'm I'm Lots really not. Options. Yeah, I, I didn't really understand that one, but uh, <clears throat> so give that number again where you call in six nine six zero five four seven five four nine five three. Okay. And you got to put in the six digit code again seven nine seven. Six three four. Okay, there you go. And that, that that will take you to yesterday's show. That's right. Okay. Exactly. And any and, and, and beyond that, we got to uh, do some more research and figure out how to get to a different date, like maybe a week ago or whatever. Is that right? Yep. Okay. It'll be today's show about thirty minutes or so after we're done. You can listen to today's show. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. And, uh, you know, I, I I don't know if anybody still has questions about the Unite the Right 2 rally that's coming up on the 12th, which is uh, just a little bit more than a week away at this point. Uh, I'm going to be there with at least three other people, and uh, I don't know who else is going to show up. Uh, are we going to be attacked by Antifa? Well, there's no telling but uh, so far as I know, Jason's assured me that he believes that the uh, police presence is going to like stop anything from Antifa from happening. We're not going to have a problem with Antifa because of the way that we're going to be led into the, the event. The, uh, actually, we're going to have a, a private train, I guess. It looks like a private train. It's for us only, and nobody else will be allowed on that train. So, you know, there's... Uh, Pardon? Public transportation is going to be private only. Yes, sir. It's going to be for our people only. That's is that what I'm returning told. return trip as well? I believe so. So but that's what what Bob would be my biggest problem is riding public transportation. I think it's both ways. I could be wrong, but we're going to find out. I'll get with Jason. We'll probably get another report from Jason next week before the event. Okay. I've never used public transportation in a in a city like Washington D.C. Well, I take I've taken buses into uh, Newark, New Jersey, and uh, the path train into New York City, but uh, not on a regular basis. Like just a couple of times, more or less. As a matter of fact. One of the shows we did, I, I had no idea what Amtrak was, and somebody thought it was kind of crazy that I didn't know what Amtrak was, but Amtrak is the railroad that uh, does most of the yeah. trans. Pardon? Long-distance public transportation. You don't want to take Amtrak, I can promise you. <laughs> well, I've, I've taken uh, uh, tri-rail going into Miami. When I worked in Miami, I lived in West Palm Beach, Florida. It's like 50 miles. And everything was good except when you got off the train and had to travel another several miles to get to wherever you wanted to go to work. So that that was the biggest problem for me, going from the train station into where I worked in uh, North Miami. So at any rate, you know, public trans- transportation is kind of a different kind of ride. You know, we're all used to driving, getting in our car and riding down to where we got to go and go to work and go to go to a movie or whatever we're going to do. And uh, so that's how most people view public transportation. And if you don't live in a big city, you're probably not really used to using public transportation at all. No. It, it doesn't look like much fun. It's some disgusting. Oh, it could be a lot. Of, it could be a lot of fun, but, uh, you know, I'm not really sure. We'll, we'll see. My, my, what I'm going to do when I go up there is I'm going to, kind of cruise the neighborhood and see what's going on before I commit myself to any, uh, what, the path of uh, 
you know, well, getting, getting there should, should be too bad, but leaving, you know, leaving and getting back is that's where we're, we're going to need help. All right. Well, we need to add, we need to ask Jason that when next time he's on. I would I think we're going to bring Jason on next Tuesday again, just to uh, so that'll be like the sixth, I guess, or seventh, and you know, he's see what's making what's the going prediction. On. I don't think he exactly knows how it's going to turn out. He's making a prediction of what will happen, but yeah, based on his uh, conversations with the, police, the various police departments. You know, you get the Washington D.C. police, you get federal police, you got Secret Service, you got all kinds of people who are involved in all this. Secret Service will certainly be involved. It's right across the street from the White House, so they're going to be there. Those people don't. They don't. They don't control public transportation. Public transportation has their own police, I think. Well, they probably are involved. Yeah, they'd be. Yeah, they'd be involved as well. So I'm sure that the uh, transportation police, whatever they call them, the I I don't they don't even know what the public transportation is called in Washington D.C. But if you're in Vienna, Virginia, which is just a little bit west of the western side of the Beltway it goes around Washington, D.C., which is one of the meet-up spots. Uh, from that point on, we'll get on to the trains or buses or whatever we're going to do to get to the uh, debarkation point, and then we're going to walk several blocks to get to Lafayette Park, which is right across the street from the White House. That's the way I understand it. Okay. Um, I'd like to make an announcement about uh, one of our previous guests, which was Russell Walker. Um, been trying to get him to call in, and he's so busy, he just can't get up in time. So I told him I would announce his address to send a donation and his website. Russell Walker has got the two-party political system double teaming him they're going to both increase their spending to see that Russell Walker does not get elected down in a little rural part of North Carolina for the North Carolina State House so his address if anybody wants to write it down Walker for House 176 Q Whipple Road, and that's spelled Q U E W H I F F L E, Q Whipple Road, Aberdeen, North Carolina, 28315. Or they can donate on his website, Walker for and he says, if you donate, you have to say your occupation or unemployed. No corporate checks. So, Russell Walker, I've known him a long time. A lot of people know about him. He's, he, he is difficult to work with, and he's been nicknamed the troublemaker. <laughs> so, he's making trouble for our enemy and he agrees with most of our core issues. Um, he he gets carried off into tangents where he wants to teach people things. And I told him, I said, just concentrate on winning this election first, you know. So maybe we'll get him on later when he gets his things organized well. Um, he wants me to call him. And... I don't know. Do you want to do that? Do yeah. You want to call in? Mean, yeah, that's fine. Because that's how uh, I'm supposed to do an interview with uh, Billy Roper this Friday night, and he's going to call me to get me on his show. And I'm not really sure why we do it that way, but that's okay with me. I'll be sitting here waiting for him to call, and when the, when well, I get the call, I'll go on, I'll go on the radio. Last time I called someone and patched them through my phone, it was a volume problem. You know, because you're using volume from two sources. So it didn't work that good. 
I'd rather, well, we, rather a call here. You know, call this number, 605-472-5561. Want to bring on Red? Anybody else? Let's hit star six. We have uh, open forum today. Let's see if Red has anything. Red, can you talk? Like he's not there. Okay. Uh, you know, I, like I said, the uh, I, I have not done it any other way except to call into the show and uh, and whether or not... It, a lot of people are on Skype. And some of the people that are on Skype, they they may have to be called to get them onto the show. And that's what we'll do. Okay, here's a caller. Eric code A65. Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, my name's Bill. And uh, I just wanted to you know, send out my appreciation for the show. I, I, don't, I don't have a TV, so I get all my... My news from uh, you guys in the next show. Uh, oh, well, thank can you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yes, we can sir. hear you. Go ahead. What's that? Yeah, Go we ahead. Hear you. We can hear you. Yeah, I got a heavy accent. I, I'm from up by the Francis way, and uh, I, I've talked to you off the air, Father Francis. I don't know if you remember me. Or not. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm up for, I'm I'm from New Jersey originally. I'm living in East Tennessee right now. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think Yeah, you remember me. Yeah. There's a lot of Jersey boys that moved to East Tennessee. Oh yeah. God's country. I got out of that I got out of that hellhole, but as far as all the trains, I mean, I, I lived up there for 30 years riding the subways. In fact, I worked for Amtrak. You know, I retired from Amtrak, but I survived. You know, you get you get to meet a lot of different, you know, you got every race, color, and creed in New York. So you get to see how people act, and, and it's an experience. You know what I mean? I, but I survived it. I mean, it. Sometimes, yeah, you do get on a subway going through some some, some nasty uh, neighborhoods, and and it can be a little a little sketchy. So, but uh, other than that, I, I you know I, I'm with you. You know, I've I've been drawing swastikas since I was 12 years old. So I know the deal. You know. Well, they, he said that we would have our own private part of the train, right, Paula Francis? So they'll... I, I think the whole train. Has several cars. <laughs> I so, think the whole you, train. You'll be, you'll be... Yeah, you'll be fine. Hell, that's legit. I mean, I was talking about the New York City subway system. <laughs> you'd probably be on one of those... Uh, uh, Maryland train. I forget the. They got a little acronym. It's Maryland, Virginia. It does all the commuter trains up. But hell, they're safe. They're safe. They got police on them and everything else. You know. Okay. All right, guys. I appreciate you. Okay. Have a good one. Call in. I got your number saved now, Bill. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's an East Tennessee number. Yeah. All right. All right, buddy. All right, thanks. We'll talk to you. Okay. Okay, anybody else? Star six. All right, well the the uh the the trains these trains sometimes they're only four or six cars long. So if there's a couple hundred people will all fit on one train. That's the way it's gonna be as far as I know. So you, you know, I'm I'm just uh, I'm going regardless of what happens. I'm going to deal with it when I get there. 
and whatever happens, I'm going to go along with the program and do what I got to do to make things happen. That's all I know. And you know, right now we're looking at too crowded on a Saturday, right? Trains are Saturdays aren't used as much as Monday to Friday. Well, August 12th is a Sunday, so it's even going to be less traffic. So I'm not really, uh, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm, not, I'm just going to depend on the police department to provide, provide the coverage and provide the protection that they got to do. And, I'm, and I'll go with it as it is. You know, I've, I've grown up in the New York City metropolitan area, so I know all about subways and trains and stuff like that, uh, short-run things. I really... I don't think I've ever been, I've never been on an Amtrak train or anything that would go long distance, but I know my parents would, would always uh, take the train to Florida. They would never fly to Florida. They didn't like airplanes. So, you know, it, trains are a pretty cool thing. So. Amtrak should be shut down. It's the most awful, miserable experience. The only one that's any good is one that you can take your car uh and it has better coaches. But you know who the kind of people on Amtrak are. It's just awful. I will never do it again, it's, except as absolute desperation. <laughs> uh, well, I've taken buses, and the buses are the same kind of thing, so you really got to... Uh, and, and before integration... Before integration, Amtrak was, or the public trains were, were delightful. You know, it was, it was white people, dressed properly, polite, well-mannered, but not anymore. Well, like I said, I'm gonna, I'll deal with it when it comes up. That's the way I'm looking at it, and I'm going to go myself. And there's going to be at least four of us going. And maybe more. If more, I got to uh, get a different vehicle so we can carry more passengers. I can carry five in my uh, my pickup, and then and it's a it's a long ride, but it's not the end of the world. It's probably going to be about 450 miles for me. One guy's coming up here from Dallas, Texas, and uh, you know he's going to stay here a night or two, and then we're going to all go together, and we'll be back the same day that we leave. Well, well, get some gonna... extra mobile phones, and you can call in, and we'll have this conference call certain times of the event. And if you can put the mobile phone up there under the speaker, we'll record and and broadcast live. How about that? Yeah, that's exactly what I intend to do. And uh, you know, I don't I don't know if I'm just gonna put the phone by the speaker, I'll probably interview people. <clears throat> and and the one guy that's going to be there is, is really somebody I want to hear is Simon Roach. He's from South Africa, and he runs the largest militia group in the world. So the South Africans have already organized into a militia group, and they're ready to fight if they have to. <clears throat> and they're probably going to have to. Yes. If anybody doesn't know what's going on in South Africa, just listening to Simon Roach is a, is a, a very informative thing. I mean, he, he was there last Unite the Right was uh, last year in Charlottesville, uh, and we after the after the actual rally, we went and we met up at a couple of different places. League of the South was in one place. Uh, Trad Workers Party was in another place. Uh, the guys from the Knoxville area, they were in another place. So, yeah, we, uh, you know, we basically got together and we talked to people and, and Simon was telling me that it's like he was like reading a book for the second time or watching a movie for the second time. And what happened in South Africa years ago is happening here in the United States right now. And if we don't wake up, we don't take control of our country, don't forget, we are the minority we are not a majority in the world. We're just a very small minority. But I, you know, maybe some uh, South American Indian tribes that live way back up the Amazon River somewhere, they might be a smaller group of people than we are. 
or maybe somebody out in uh, the South Pacific that lives on an island that may be a smaller minority than we are. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> we are only 8 to 9% of the world population. And that is a, that's a minority. And, and, and if we don't band together and stick together, we'll be getting killed in our bathtubs with our hands zip-tied behind our backs and we'll be beaten and tortured to death just like the white farmers are being beaten and tortured to death in South Africa. They don't just kill you. They torture you to death. That's the way they do it. We're the most endangered minority. Absolutely. No question about it. No. You know, our numbers are dropping faster in a greater proportion than any other ethnic group. Absolutely. Most endangered species, you might say. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. And and every everybody in the world, every news magazine, every news outlet is is talking about how evil we are and that we need to be re, we need to be killed. So that's a really important situation is that we have to watch out because everybody in the world is trying to kill us. And it's yeah. not just America. Not just Canada. It's the whole white world. It's Australia, New Zealand, France, Germany, Sweden, you name it. Italy. We are the targets of all the people around the world. Even our own people are trying to kill us off. Uh, yeah. White women are intentionally sterilizing themselves and making news about it, how they're never going to have a little white baby. And I even knew a person, I knew I had a girlfriend personally that said the world is so evil, she'll never have children. You know, that's the logic. Or the illogic. Illogic is more like it. You got that right. It's the Rothschilds, folks. Um, if we ever get a gap in the show, I can I can show you a real easy thing to talk to the normal person about the Rothschilds. Do you know about them, Father Francis? No, sure, definitely. If you go to Wikipedia and you just put in Rothschild, R-O-T-H-S-C-H-I-L-D, it shows you the whole history of how this guy, Mayor Amschel Rothschild, came out of almost really nowhere. He was born 1744, died 1812, and it then it shows you all these huge mansions, houses as big as the Queen that they have owned and the 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 descendancy, the, the, the families that still exist today. So what what more proof do you need? These are the evil robbers of the world, you know, and especially the white race, because they set up a shop in the midst of us in our countries. You know, they're not, they don't have big, huge houses down there in uh, Zimbabwe or uh, Hong Kong, although I'm sure they got something there. But these, are, these places are in France, Austria, Vienna, Frankfurt. Just look it up, folks. Easy, easy way to tell a person who is the most dominant ruling ethnic group. I, mean, I can read some of this stuff. The Rothschild family has frequently been the subject of conspiracy theories, many of which have anti-Semitic origins. I wonder why. He was the... Mayor Amschel Rothschild in Frankfurt, Germany, a money changer who traded with the Prince of Hesse 
born in Judengasse, the ghetto of Frankfurt. Mayer developed the finance house and spread his empire, installing each of his five sons in the five main European financial centers to conduct business. The Rothschilds are elusive. There's no book about them that is both revealing and accurate, uh, Paul Johnson writes. Libraries of nonsense have been written about them. A woman who planned to write a book entitled Lies About the Rothschilds abandoned it. So it was relatively easy to spot the lies, but it proved impossible to find out the truth. Paul Johnson says, unlike the court factors of earlier centuries who had financed and managed European noble houses but often lost their wealth through violence or expropriation, the new kind of international bank created by the Rothschilds was impervious to local attacks. Anyway, I don't want to read all of it. Father Francis, you have your research the Rothschilds? Yeah, well, there's so much to know. We don't we don't really need to talk about those people on the radio show because there's there's hours and hours and hours of reading material on the internet everywhere you, wherever you want to look. Just look it up. I mean, the Rothschilds were the ones that uh, used carrier pigeons to get the information back to Great Britain that Napoleon had been defeated in the War of 1812. I don't know if it was in 1812 when the message was sent back. But that was the beginning of the Rothschilds uh, uh, amassing the huge fortune that they have today. Yeah, that's in here. That's on this Wikipedia, how they pulled that off, or parts parts of it. I don't see the carrier pigeons thing, but I've heard that story. I think that's when they really advanced themselves, was that was with Napoleon. Yeah, because he, he sold stock uh, so that everybody else would sell stock. And, uh, and because of that, then, uh, when, the, when the stock was being sold in mass quantities and everything went down, the stock prices went down, then they bought all the stock and then made a ton of money. And that's, that's what was the, the seed money to start the banking system. And the banking system is in control pretty much of everything all the way around the world. And there's nothing we can do about it. That's the way it is. Napoleon went all the way to Russia, right? He he marched across Europe. Yeah. With not much opposition. Everybody kind of welcomed him, didn't they? I don't know about that, but I know that he marched into Russia and then he was ultimately defeated. Uh, because of the Russian winners and the the, uh, the fact that there was no food, no nothing to sustain his army, so he had to six leave. Million, and go back. Six million man army, wasn't it? Several million people. Well, I don't know. Now, maybe they maybe they were the ones they burned up in uh, in the ovens. They, they had six, <laughs> they had, they had six ovens and they built then they burned six million people up. There's more crematoriums in uh, Lake Worth, Florida, than there was in the uh, prison camps in, the, in in Germany. Any right. one of them, like Auschwitz and places like that, there were more. There's more crematoriums in Lake Worth, Florida, than there were in Auschwitz. So the, all right. all these stories are like they're all made up stuff. They're fantasies, you know. I don't know, and people buy into this stuff as if it was the truth. I don't know what to say. It just drives me nuts. When I learned the truth many years ago is when I just, you know, began to look and see what was going on, and I just couldn't believe how how, how many lies I was told and how I bought into it. I bought into the whole deal. You know, who knows? Who would, who would know? You, you're watching TV, you're reading your school books, and everything you're reading is just a lie. Yeah, Oklahoma City, I think, made me question things more than anything. I just couldn't believe that story. And that got me investigating other stuff like Waco, 
and and then 9/11. You know, there's no way that was going to be true either. If, if 1995, Oklahoma City, just a big pack of lies, a bomb in a truck. You when you see pictures of truck bombs, other places like uh, Syria or Iraq. You don't have sides of buildings sliced off like butter. So yeah, absolutely. There's no way I believe that. Yeah, there's no way. It's impossible if those kind of things happen. And I just, I just can't believe that anybody, anybody believes this stuff. You know, and you, you watch these these uh, videos. I sent one to Frank from North Carolina, uh, Noble Lie, and. Found out that one of the most amazing things I found out about the Oklahoma City thing is that two of the three of the people who had children in a daycare center did not work for the government and they did not work in the building that these these kids had this uh, daycare center in. Why would you put a daycare center in a federal building? Who's responsible for that? You, you know, any government building is subject to some sort of retaliation from people that aren't happy. It could be Black Lives Matter. It could be BAM. It could be Yvette Polarka. Any of these people that are so agitated and hateful against the government would make a federal building a target. And there's, it's absolutely ridiculous that they had a daycare center in a federal, federal building. That makes yeah. no sense at all. Yeah. How can we just, we can't dig out from underneath them. The lies are so deep, so high. You know, it's an ocean of lies, is what I tell people. I can't, we can't even begin to convince them. Okay, we have a caller. All right, let's bring that caller uh, Anonymous. Welcome. Howdy, it's Oliver. Oh, hey, Oliver. Howdy. I know I came up uh, unknown anonymous again, right? Uh, I, I'm having trouble getting uh, a way to uh, supply you with a number whenever I call up. So I'm having to keep using the uh, old system here. I have some e- uh, I've got equipment, uh, some wires being shipped in, which may help that situation. Well, anyway. by the way, uh, freeconferencecall.com has software that works just like Skype. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So if you got Skype to work, you sure yes. have no problem getting uh, rich. I will definitely that. try that. I will definitely try okay. that. Um, one of the uh, points I wanted to try to make uh, and, and in response to what you guys were just talking about was um, how little uh, some people n- – n- um, knew in their earlier years about what was going on. And um, I do believe that not only uh, is there a purposeful um, attempt to keep, uh, you know, non-parasite people from learning what's going on, but... uh, the the uh, the rest of us, uh, you know, I was going to say normal uh, normal people, uh, especially folks from Europe, with their long, uh, you know, millennia, many tens of thousands of years of necessity of altruism, uh, wherein you have to help your neighbor, uh, you know, to the point of sometimes um, almost dying for your neighbor in order for everybody to survive, which makes us, I'm going to say the word, you know, uh, this is not probably the best expression, but we're just too nice. We're too damn nice. We're too accommodating to people who come in and want to, later on it turns out, they're all nicey-nice whenever you're being nice to them and they're in small group, and when they get a little bit larger, all of a sudden you find out they they want to get rid of you and kill you. That is exactly what I have perceived is going on. And, I, you know, uh, uh, David Duke's um, book, 
my uh, my awakening or whatever it's called um that that uh, that particular word really hits home with me because it was for me it was a process of awakening of getting enough of the dots so that I could start connecting them and see what was going on and um what makes this particular point in history where are we 2018 especially frustrating for me and is that um back up a little bit about five or six years ago i noticed in what was going on because i one thing i am is a noticer that is that was that was how i made my living i noticed things and uh you know i was able to fix problems that other people could just not fix because they did not either they were not able to open their minds up to all possibilities and they were not good enough noticers one of the things i noticed about five or six maybe seven years ago was all of a sudden and i've heard this referenced by many different um uh pundits on this particular situation was the all of a sudden the um, out the 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 brazenness the brashness the chutzpah of the opposition the people i have called and some of them some of them i call parasites all of a sudden, they seem to be getting to the point where, you know, you know, hey, guys, we must, we, we're to the point now where we can just come out in the open and do whatever the heck we want because we're at a, we're at a point right now where uh, they can't stop us. And I did notice that about five or six years ago, and it has just been increasing ever since, and especially with these... Um, the, the brazenness of the Antifa people in committing acts of violence, and they get away with it. So every time they get away with it, they're going to become even more brazen, brash, uh, filled with chutzpah. And uh, anyway. They're, they're taking uh, advantage of our compassion, right? Yes, you guys. The compassion of the white race is going to kill us all if we don't do something. You know, our compassion is originally supposed to be for our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, people, our kinsmen. That's what the compassion is supposed to be The ones that we were living in northern, you know, winter, you know, uh, ice-filled Europe, for our brothers and sisters in ice-filled Europe at that time when we were honed into a new type of people as a result of that. But we have now, you know, um, especially, you know, I think religion is a good thing. But the Christian religion has also taught us to or prompted us to show that compassion to everyone in the world. Whether or not it turns out that they turn to be a human cockroach or a human parasite or whatever. It has. The the churches are just absolute awful for the continuation of our race. And I suggest no one goes to them. Well, I will not stop everybody. going to church. I go to church. I donate to church because I, I tell you what, I want to con- keep my connection with God. And that's what that, I mean. And also, whoever might show up at these churches, I mean, uh, a lot of them, uh, you'd be surprised at how, uh, you know, in some churches they have pretty decent uh, participation on a Sunday morning. But uh, some of them that I've gone to recently, there's just almost nobody there. And people say, well, it's just summer vacation. Yeah, right. Okay, well, we'll see what happens coming to Labor Day. I hope there's going to be some more people here. And one thing that the uh, churches used to be filled with was uh, lots of young, beautiful, high IQ. Uh, that's, that, that's uh, you know, sometimes now, you know, you can, you know that's almost like a, uh, uh, an insult to say that somebody's a high IQ. What, is it, what are you implying? Well, they're probably European. That's what. Uh, a, a, a bunch of young, beautiful, high IQ children running around, laughing and giggling and having fun. Now, I mentioned uh, yesterday, the day before, how to somebody I was talking to, how one of the things I have noticed that the, uh, the especially the parasitic, uh, the the more parasitic uh, of the opposition, they hate it when they see groups of high IQ European background people laughing and having fun and, and acting as though they're enjoying themselves and might possibly reproduce and make more of them. These people, they, their eyes narrow, their, their, their eyebrows become knitted together, and they, it almost seems like they go into fits of paroxysm of, uh, you know, how do we stop this? 
how do we stop these people from, from having a good time and enjoying themselves? That, that yeah. I have seen. The eyebrows come together, huh? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Character. <laughs> oh, my God. They really do. They get angry. I remember, I remember and I'll take a real quick instance, when um, Boris Becker, you know, the red-headed uh, German guy, uh, was a tennis, tennis player, player when he was... Yeah. When he, yeah, when he, when he was winning Wimbledon and doing well in the tennis uh, field, I was I was uh, playing an awful lot of tennis myself, and I will just say, look, I won a couple of trophies along the way. Okay, I was a pretty darn good tennis player, but I'd play with anybody and everybody. And uh, but anyway, uh, a point I'm trying to make about Boris Becker as a German, I remember, I was, you know, I have a pretty darn good hearing. At least back then, I did. And I heard this uh, group of people who I would say from the parasite group made some extremely disparaging remarks about Boris Becker, and they were seething about his success. You know that damn German. You know uh, how that. You know, like uh, I mean, uh, you know, he he's uh, you know uh, we hate those people. And et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I saw this. I heard this. I, you know, like I said, I have pretty decent hearing. And I was maybe 30 feet away. And I looked over. And they looked at me and noticed that maybe they said, oh, I wonder if he heard me, what I said. And they kind of, like, muffled it a little bit more. But you could see that the whole bunch of them, they used to, uh, some of these people used to um, hang out together in houses that they would rent for the summer in Portugal. And I can, I can, uh, you know, one time I remember trying to uh, wor- work my way into say, hey, you know, uh, I got some free time coming up. I, I'm, you know, uh, I'm not seeing you going to Portugal again. Uh, how's it, you know, like, uh, how about my wife and me and, uh, and the kids? Maybe, uh, we, you know, we come with you. No, no, no. We, oh, no. Oh, well, no, uh, there's no room. Uh, there's nothing. They're what they, I could just imagine that the whole bunch of the parasitic bunch of them, probably got together in the verandas of their Portuguese uh, rented houses, looking out over whatever, to the Atlantic Ocean, and just were, uh, you know, uh, filling themselves with hate towards the very Europeans who built those places, the, the uh, what am I going to call the, uh, the Visigoths, or the, uh, no, yes, not the Ostrogoths, the Visigoths, who actually... Uh, you know, put the first real touches of civilization into Spain and Portugal. But, uh, yeah, okay. I, I never went to Portugal with them. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I, that, that anger, I have seen, I've seen it more than one time. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, like Father Francis was up in New Jersey. When I was in New York, I was right in the middle of it. And I, if you're sensitive enough and a noticer, you notice these things. Yes, perception. You have perception. And people don't want perception because it, it gets their conscience. They have to think, is that right or wrong? You know? Let's take another caller. I can keep you on. Go right ahead. Oliver, I think. It might drop you off. But Jared? Hi, right, guys. Jared. Good morning. Yes, sir. Good morning, guys. I was just calling to say, um, yeah, was hearing all the talk about the lies that we're all surrounded about and, and all the history and all that, and going all the way back to even, even further, even to the Civil War, and what we're all told is basically bull crap. I mean, this, uh, this other stuff they talk about World War II, going back to that why Hitler invaded Poland to start World War II, it wasn't because of... Uh, that he hated Poland. He did hate Poland mainly because of the uh, the Dancing City Massacre, where he killed them, where Poland almost killed uh, 58,000 German citizens from uh, after the First World War, after Prussia was given away to Poland, and that was the whole main reason why he invaded Poland in the first place. And nobody ever talks about that. You never ever hear about that at, at all. Only David Irving. David Irving tells the truth about World War II. Yep. And if he does come to your town, invite some people to go hear him. Hopefully he's not finished with that. He has come to our town. 
couple several times. It's a good recruiting tool, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things. It's ridiculous that they live out, but that's that's all because the victors are the ones who get to re- do all the writing and not they don't hear the actual the actual truth. But they do have a history book out there for for kids when they're younger and got banned from schools a long time ago. It was called the the Big Blue History Book. It actually had both sides. Uh, well, different type of uh, things that went on all the way back to the Civil War. It showed it actually had both sides of what actually what was going on and the actual history, what they have in the history books now. But they also had the southern side, and they had one German side from a German shoulder, soldier in World War II and World War One. So it's a whole bunch of different stuff out there, but... I don't know if you can still get yeah. that one. I see big blue books. There's yep, a the big small blue book. staple bound books published from 1925 to 1950. Yep. That's interesting. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> big blue books. Well, that's huh? all i got to say. I'm still going to be listening to you guys. I'm just going to get out of my truck and fuel up my diesel and get back on the road. <laughs> Okay, man. Well, be careful out there. Oh, that will. Safe. Be safe. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah, I was hoping. Okay, everybody else. I was hoping that uh, whoever it was with the Washington Post would uh, come in and and maybe comment. What Jared was talking about there is uh, essentially objectivity, which at one time was kind of the the hallmark of of a quality journalist uh, showing both sides uh, look looking at at something objectively and that that has uh, definitely gone by the wayside and, and uh, well, we we know uh, these these uh, individuals who who are now monopolizing uh, the media uh, pretty much worldwide it's all a media monopoly and all of the perspectives are, are so, uh, you know, radical, uh, unilaterally radical and one-sided. It's a dark, yes, it's a shame. Yeah, my complaint with the media is that they, they always want to libel us or slander us and, and call us names that we're not. And that really is a problem to me. You know, that's why uh, we lost our regular spot on the radio show is because I threatened to sue uh, the people from Newsweek and the Daily Beast because of, of the the horrible stuff that they say. Right off the top of their... You know, like Jason Kessler. Uh, evil, uh, white supremacist. Jason is none of those things. Jason is so far from those things that a lot of people on the right uh, the extreme right don't want to have anything to do with Jason because he's he's not far right enough, which is really uh, you know mm. so th- like he says he's the icon of hate. Anybody who wants to hate anybody, they're going to hate Jason Kessler, whether it be the Southern Poverty Law Center or uh, uh, the Knights Party. They don't like Jason Kessler because he doesn't fit into their mold. And you know I kind of understand what Jason is doing. And that's why I'll support him. He, he's trying to appeal to a broader audience than we normally appeal to. And so that's why I, uh, I, I'll side with Jason. I'll work with him and I'll try to do whatever I can to uh, help him in his, in his uh, rally. Yes, Could sir. I interject a point? Yes. Pardon? Sure. I'd like to interject a point here. Something that... This is another one of the things that I noticed that the parasitic group hates. It's whenever, uh, um, I'm going to say, European background folks get together and not only have a good time, but also whenever they start conversing together, when they start talking and talking about things that the parasitic group can't overhear. Uh, Now, I'm going to give you a quick example 
You notice when uh, President Trump was in Helsinki and he went and had that, um, uh, I don't know if it was a half hour or two hour uh, little uh, tete-a-tete, head-to-head talk with uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, I'm going to use this word again, paroxysms of indignancy that the uh, the media and, uh, you know, by definition, meaning uh, the the parasites could, did not know what they were talking about, and they went. They're still going on about it. What what did they talk about? What did they say? What did they say in private? We need to hear what they're saying. Now I'm going to bring you back to uh, current times right now. Uh, I'm in the I was in the computer field. Still consider myself a uh, a rocket scientist, computer person. But I, I, my, uh, the, my ears started uh, tingling years ago when I heard about how there were Israeli groups at the time in California who were being allowed to basically listen to every phone call that was being made in the United States through some facility out in California. Now, this was before uh, widespread wireless, uh, you know, cell phone type use. But now I understand Uh, through the cell phones that uh, uh, Israelis can basically listen to any phone conversation they want to all around the world. I don't know about uh, Russia and and China. They may have some sort of a block over there, but they have a, uh, I'm going to use the word atavistic. They seem to have an atavistic need to hear anything that the, um, non-parasite group is talking about and why because they have a fear oh maybe they're talking about going to try to overthrow us now i'm getting i'm starting to ramble here a little bit but i will tell you one thing edward snowden said those same things he's been sa was listening to everybody's phone calls yeah, and he was one of the first ones to say hey by the way does everybody realize that they're listening to your phone calls I, I have no doubt. Uh, we have a guy calls Jay from West Virginia, and I think they've tapped his phone line completely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And and by the way, not only I use I like to use this uh, the uh, the words uh, sycophants um, yeah. and sympathizers, and uh, anyway. They, they not only themselves are doing it now, but we actually, they actually have young people, young high IQ intelligent people in various agencies in the United States who for years have been paid to basically, and propagandized also, to uh, think of uh, basically some of their relatives as being evil people because they might talk about uh, freeing themselves from the uh, from the, the the boot on our necks of these um, deep state uh, parasitic uh, people who uh, uh, you know who are trying to do us harm. Okay, and 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 one of the things yeah. that, that that did you see that movie about Edward Snowden? Uh, I I've seen a lot about Edward Snowden. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a movie out about him, and uh, Russian Today covers him. Uh, well, Julian they want to. Yeah, not Julian Assange. He's he's under house arrest, basically in uh, London at the Panama Embassy. Uh, Ecuadorian, I think. Ecuadorian Embassy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's a guy that needs. Out. They're going to boot him out. I, I, why didn't he just try to make an escape? You know, there's got to be some people look like him somewhere. Create yeah. some confusion. You know, when Donald Trump became president, I had uh, pipe dreams in my head that he was going to really come down hard and uh, just, you know, within the first six months or so, just crack up the deep state. Okay, just break them up using his presidential powers, oh. which he still has, by the way. He has the powers that we were so afraid 
whenever 9-11 happened, they came up with that uh, Patriot Act business, which basically gave unprecedented powers to the, to the executive branch to declare anyone for any reason to be uh, an enemy and, to, and to, to basically to be thrown into someplace like Guantanamo and shut up forever. No access to a, to a, um, a lawyer, no access to any visits by relatives. Do you realize what a draconian power that is? And it's given to the executive branch. Donald Trump has that power right now. And I, anyway, I had this pipe dream that Donald Trump, when he got elected, was going to use that executive power to throw the whole bunch of them, you know, enough of them, enough of a critical mass of them into someplace like Guantanamo Bay, which was, uh, I heard, uh, you know, rumors of Guantanamo Bay being expanded, et cetera. Well, that didn't happen. Okay. And now I had another pipe dream about Julian Assange, somehow that uh, Russia, Putin or somebody was going to go in there and declare Assange a, uh, a, a Russian citizen. And uh, they were going to pull him out of there and try to stop us, you know, and, and basically get him out of there. Well, that's not going to happen either. OK, there's a lot of pipe dreams I have that are, you know, just aren't happening. Anyway, I'll shut up now. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to shut up. I think you're, what you're saying is the truth. And, and everybody knows it. And, and that's the problem. The deep state and these uh, fake news, they can't get away with it anymore. Everybody knows they're liars. And, and that's, the, the, uh, that's the positive point that uh, Trump has made. Is that the news is fake, and we, we need not listen to it because it's just a bunch of contrived stories that mean nothing anymore. So, you know, you're absolutely right. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's good stuff. Well, and, and, can, I, can I just leave one uh, uh, a positive note? I think one of the sure. things that we have to do around this world, and, it's, and even in this country, and in every state in this union, um, we have to get together. We have to find some like-minded people. And on a regular basis, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass a sentence on all of us, like once a week, we have to uh, find similar-minded people, and we have to get together and talk. And let me tell you something, just like I was hinting at before, when groups of, I'm going to say, European Christian-type people, conservative-type people, get together and start talking, let me tell you, one of the things that the opposition, the parasitics want to do, they, want, they, they need to know what you're talking about. They must be talking about us. Because I think they realize that if any, any people ever realize the evil that they have visited upon the rest of the world, that if that evil is ever visited upon them, they realize that, you know, we don't even know. A lot of us don't even really know the evil that has been visited upon all of us because it's been happening to us slowly. And would you kill me quickly with a knife or slowly over time with a vaccine or a, or a bad medicine or a bad food? You're still killing me. And I'm not, you know, me and my descendants are not going to be around 100 years from now. Uh, that's my finish. Yeah, we do. There's not, there's not a dozen people in the million people that live in my town that, that think like we do. I mean, it's just it's four or five or six. But that just shows you how no one wants to think about these issues and that they don't want to talk about them. So, because they're afraid. We, 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 we use stormfront.org, folks. Use it as mm-hmm. much as possible. Make it, take advantage of it. That's why we're here, because we all met on Stormfront one way or another. Well, let me tell you, I, 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 meant, to, I, I meant to mention this some time ago. I don't know how many call, I don't know. I don't care how many callers you have uh, listed on your uh, board right now. I guarantee you at least one, if not two or three of them, are uh, guaranteed from the parasitic group, assigned and paid to listen in. And not only that, but there might be another one or two who also from one of the agencies like the CIA, the NSA, or the FBI, who also are paid with money is basically uh, uh, earned by us, and they're listening to us. Yep, the Washington Post is listening. 
it's not live, they're going to listen to our download. So we're in good company, folks. We've got to be on a good behavior, too. Yeah. Careful what you say. Well, okay. you know, I'm always careful about what I say, and and what I say is what I mean. And I and we had we are under attack, and we are fighting back, and we're not going to take land down. And that's why I'm going to Washington D.C. on August 12th to, you know, stand up. Hopefully, Donald Trump will be there, and he'll be watching. And hopefully, Donald Trump will pardon all of the guys that are in jail from last year's Charlottesville event. None of those guys need to be in jail. They didn't do anything wrong. Well, we're running into we're running late here, yeah. and we got one more minute before we encroach on uh, Don Black's time on Stormfront Radio. So, well, who's, uh, who's on for tomorrow? If if nobody, I'll call Russell Walker. Maybe he'll talk to us. Well, Russell Walker can come on anytime. That'd be fun. Okay. We'll pick it up call. tomorrow, folks. All right, guys, so uh, have a good day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.